Lucia Gardner. And my name is Luke Solsenti. And this is Looking In with Lucia and Luke. Today we have with us Jalen Giles Yule, a Black New Jersey-based multimedia artist. She is currently an undergraduate student pursuing her BFA degree at the College of New Jersey. The goal of her work is to create artwork which glorifies, celebrates, and uplifts Black people. So uh, Jalen, hello, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing very well. First of all, thank you so much to the both of you for having me on your show. Like Lucia said, I'm a Black multimedia artist. And essentially, a lot of my work is just catered towards portraying like my experience as a Black woman. So like I said, thank you for giving me the opportunity just to be able to talk about my artwork here with y'all. Of course, we're happy to have students on that want to kind of talk about their work so we can see students that are, are doing things that real working artists are doing. Jalen, why don't you tell us a little bit about your work in your own words? I would describe my work essentially, ever since I got into TCNJ, has been sort of exploratory in a sense where I think a lot about a lot of what I talk about in my artwork is more so of me exploring my own identity. Um, and especially coming from a school that didn't have that much of a prominent or extensive sort of like art program, I kind of tried to immerse myself as much as I could in what I have been like learning, seeking out an art program in, in higher education, basically just utilizing those things in order to explore facets of myself that I'm constantly coming to know as I get older. A lot of my artwork has been focused on my Black identity, which also is something that like I personally never really felt as proud to kind of like expand upon that identity of myself in my prior like situation in the school that I used to went to being that it was a predominantly white institution. However, now I feel like I'm starting to focus on other facets within my art, which I think I'll probably touch upon later when we talk about those things. Yeah, I think um, you're touching on some great points there of I think a lot of us that came into TCNJ as students, um, not everyone has an art background from forever ago, or even if they do, I, I know at least for me, I had to take art classes at like a community-based uh, kind of school because my, my high school didn't really have an art program. I think that's what is great about going into a program like we have. Um, sometimes it's interesting when you don't have as much of like maybe an AP art background and you, you're not really sure what maybe you're interested in as much and you can really go go into that um, and and explore your identity like you're doing, explore these different things and maybe much more so than um, you would if you already had more of a background. Yeah, it's incredible to hear a lot of the stories that students have once they transition from high school to college because some of them... Um, some of the schools have like full set up majors that uh, high schoolers can enroll into seeking you know, artistic, uh, you know, degrees in a sense. And that's amazing. Uh, but on the other hand, you have, you know, schools uh, like where I came from, where if we wanted to do anything for the arts, it was a fight. It was a meeting with the principal. It was a, you know, a, a presentation as to why you needed money to, you know, have an after school program. And it was so many uphill battles. That's something that we see all over with the arts where a lack of access to things, the art programs are always the first to be cut. And, and then you put on top of that, some of Jalen's background of, of coming from a predominantly white um, community. And 
and then having uh, this huge interest in art and maybe not knowing where to start is kind of like it is interesting to see um, where we are now with your work, where you're you're talking about your identity. I kind of want to talk about your solo show from last semester, uh, which you titled Recontextualizing Black Imagery Through Art History. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff that you're doing here with different, uh, fusing different mediums. We see that you're working with photography, but also um, in this work that I'm looking at right now uh, that I suggest the viewers uh, check out, we'll, we'll have it on Instagram for you to look at, um, but it's called Earth Toned Venus. Mm -hmm. So with the piece Earth Toned Venus, um, essentially I rendered myself um, kind of like portraying myself as Venus in the, the Botticelli portrait. Um, and essentially she stands like six feet tall, kind of similar to like my height as well. Um, I used pastels on cardboard. Um, I incorporated burlap, canvas, a couple of materials that I had kind of just like in my household at the time. Chocolate, they're like my my nails, my press on nails. <laughs> and like, even like um, when I get my box braids done, they have like these little like metal things that you put in your hair. So I put those on the, the um, piece as well. And essentially with this piece, I kind of just took cardboard boxes that I got from Amazon that I had left around and I was kind of just disassembling them and then putting them together and using that as the base of this piece. But essentially when it comes to like my concept behind this, along with some of the other pieces in this exhibition, I feel like once I started to learn more about art history, my first thought process was one acknowledging that a lot of old art historical portraitures, our portraits have white women or just white people in general as like the main subjects. And I had taken this art history course in our department that was catered towards art like made like within France. And I had noticed that within some of the portraits that I was seeing, if there were people of color or women of color in the portrait, they were essentially being used as kind of like, kind of like an accessory in the piece. Or sometimes the black woman in the portrait would be like rendered as like a slave or someone who was like essentially helping the white woman in the portrait. Um, or bringing more attention to the white woman in the portrait. So my thought process upon seeing this was one, acknowledging that, and then also kind of like putting, putting myself into the focal point of the portrait or putting like someone who looked like me into the focal point of the portrait. Um, and for me, I think that kind of became a common theme where I would sort of, want to redo or reimagine famous portraiture with people of color or specifically even black women of or black women in like the focal point of the piece and I think it had a lot to do with celebrating I, I want to say like celebrating like my like identity or celebrating like how I look like and who I am and sort of putting myself in that focal point in a sense and it's kind of like for me it felt like uplifting but then at the same time it also kind of felt like when I was first looking at the artwork, it felt kind of upsetting that like it was a constant theme where I would see these portraits of like like these women like who were like beautifully rendered, but it's most of the time just white women. 
and no women of color. No, like, I don't really see representation of myself in these portraits, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's it's putting you in this space of, I can be the main character, and right now I am the main character. Like you're saying, we see a lot of these paintings, these Black people that are in it are accessories that are just being used to propel the narrative. Yeah, I just love that you're using what's around you. Um, you're not just, you're not simply painting, not that painting is simple, of course, but you're, you're not just painting. You're saying, okay, what can I find around me? There's cardboard, um, hair accessories. You, you even said you used, um, your nails. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and of course would be more amazing if, if we could all see this work in person, but, um, even on your website and on your Instagram, you have detailed shots so the viewer can um, kind of put themselves um, in the position to really feel like they're viewing this work uh, to the most extent that they can. But yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite pieces of yours. And I'm, I'm just really interested in how you said this kind of idea developed. Thank you. And finding representation in uh, artwork of any kind is more important, I think, than people take it for, especially for children, you know? I also, I, I'm kind of curious how um, your practice has developed and changed during this pandemic. I mean, <laughs> having to work at home is definitely a different story for at least some artists than others. Uh, what's your experience with this? <laughs> I haven't had the best experience when it comes to working at home during the pandemic. I think especially last year when the pandemic started to surface and it became a lot more serious for us around this time, um, I feel like it was a hard transition for me in a sense where I'm someone who is very motivated by the more physical process of getting up and having to go somewhere. And even though, even though I would dread the days where we would have like three hour, four hour studio courses on campus, I genuinely found myself missing them because of having that space for one. And then two, also like being able to be more engaged in that setting as opposed to online. I find myself getting very distracted, like working this way. So there was that and also the fact that like, I didn't really and still don't have like the space that I would really want to work in. I know when I was at home, I was working um, in my basement and it wasn't the best place to work <laughs> because I started to store my paintings down there and we have like a leaky basement. So things were just kind of getting just disrupted and and just there was a lot of things going on there but then once I came back and lived off campus in my off-campus house the house that I'm in is fully carpeted and I constantly find myself getting stressed out over having to work and paint or use pastels and stuff like that in the space that I'm in because it's just things just like even if you try very hard not for them to get messy things just get messy <laughs> I put things down on the floor and then somehow something still ends up getting somewhere and I'm like why is this happening so personally I don't I, I feel like it's been trial and error and also having to commit myself to working when I want to work as opposed to kind of having more of a regimen in normal circumstances and having the 
accessibility to like studios and stuff like that during normal circumstances so yeah it's just it's been a it's been interesting (laughs) you bring up a good point about the biggest issue is really the space like maybe we have the time theoretically but a lot of us you know we are students we're we don't have um a lot of our own spaces we're sharing it with either our families or if you have an on off-campus house or something you're sharing it with with housemates and roommates and you don't want to you don't want to like bother them with with I know for me when I was working on some of my work last semester towards the end my stuff was just everywhere and I I definitely felt (laughs) bad about it but um you know sometimes having to just work on the kitchen table is is what you have to do and it sucks and I would just Mm -hmm. I can remember myself saying to my housemates like I'm sorry I'm sorry I swear I'll clean this up next week like just give me one more week and everyone being, you know, um, accepting friends and not yelling at me. You've been doing a lot of work with videography and um, like documentary film. Uh, Do you wanna talk about that? Yes, so I, want to say it's interesting because I when I was in high school a lot of the time what I would do was I would edit for fun and I would do a lot of like videos where if I went on a trip I would do like videos and stuff like that to edit just so I could keep them for myself um and last semester I had I was in two courses that required me to do a lot of like video work and one was well not a lot of I know for photo, for photo two, we had to do like, um, it was documentary. So we were required to do like a video towards the end of the semester, but it was essentially just background and documentary. And then another course I had was, I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was mainly just videography. It kind of brought me back to what I used to do. And I had ended up doing a lot of, um, I know one, I did a documentary in regards to like love's definition and how people define love. And I also did a documentary, a really short one, where I interviewed my family members to discuss like the phenomenon of generational trauma in the Black community. And with these two particular pieces, I find myself making work sometimes to kind of answer or channel the questions that I already have, like just by myself. So with love definition, I like had a lot of questions in regards to how people experience love, how other people define love, how they define falling in love or being in love. And if that means something different than loving another person. And I have a lot of these sort of questions, um, even in regards to the generational trauma one, I feel like that was more so kind of like addressing how trauma could essentially be passed along from traumatic events from that your that your ancestors may have experienced and how it can be tra- passed along inadvertently like through your family line like for instance when we consider situations or or rather time periods like um, traumatic time periods like slavery or even like the holocaust and essentially we were talking kind of like about how these things can affect like your gener- like your family line essentially so that was something that I did a documentary on but this semester, I'm more so focused on 
the phenomenon or rather like the phrase that I'm constantly hearing now, um, which is like how you self-identify. And the reason why I'm focusing on that particular phrase is because recently I've been kind of exploring my own sexuality. So I self-identify as queer. And for me, I've been trying to see how other people interpret that phrase, how, uh, how, how identity means a lot of a different thing to people that have a different gender identity than what is the norm or a different sexual identity than what is the norm. So that's kind of been one of the main things I've been focusing on. Cause that's once again, a question that I had personally that I wanted to see how other people felt in regard to it. So overall, I think the experience has been very enriching so far and I'm working to create something that does like the people who I interviewed, that does them justice in regards to like telling their story and how their experiences shape like what their self-identity is, like how they self-identify. So yes, hopefully that answered your question. <laughs> I think it did. I, I love how you kind of phrase art for you is, is answering your own questions. Um, because I, I do think a lot, um, a lot of people feel that way or use art that way to try to help themselves understand things better. So yeah, number one, I just wanted to kind of address that. So um, you're saying that for the senior exhibition, you're explaining that you want to talk about identity, but not just your own identity, um, how these other people um, and their experience have kind of led them to the place that they are with their identity and, and how they um, just how they identify. So what's this show called? Our senior thesis exhibition is entitled In Flux. And I think that the name in itself, um, it suggests fluctuation. And I know a lot of uh, my peers' pieces within the show are kind of going to be addressing that in many different ways, which I think is like kind of like the cool thing about the name um, and how it could just take on a bunch of different meanings. Like in my own um, situation, I'm talking about the fluctuation of like understanding your own self-identity and how it may change like throughout your lifetime. But I know a lot of my other peers are addressing it in a way where it's, it's just a lot different and definitely just a lot more of interpreting the term in like a very cool and interesting way. So definitely for everyone who's listening, just to keep uh, keep tuned or keep in tune for like everything that we're talking about or ev- all the dates that we're talking about in regards to the show. We will be putting links and different things at the bottom to clarify anything if anyone is interested um, or curious about the show. It's it's just really exciting to have your work in in a gallery space, uh, even if it is just the schools. Have you had any experience with putting your work up um, in other spaces or just working outside being a student is what I'm asking? I haven't had any sort of experience of displaying my artwork in a gallery outside of TCNJs yet. Um, that's something that I definitely want to look into as far as like when they do open calls for different galleries. Um, I have, however, had them in, of course, our senior show, um, our solo shows last semester, and even when we had Aim After Dark in our campus. Um, And as for having my artwork outside of school, like in what context, I do commission work. Um, It's been a struggle. I, I tried to start up commissions last break, and I constantly find myself like, just struggling to sort of manage my time correctly in order to like have time for my commissions while also focusing on other things in my life. 
but I know definitely during the summer, that's something that I really want to do where I want to start selling my artwork a lot more fervently or a lot more like, um, I don't even know that's the right word choice, but more so like a lot more like consistently, if that makes sense. But I do commissions from time to time. <laughs> what kind of commissions do you do? Are they paintings? Um, I know right at the moment I do have a painting commission. Um, I typically... I could, I typically do a little bit of painting commissions, but then I feel like most of the time I get asked to do like digital commissions and stuff like that. Um, I know prior to me coming to TCNJ, I did a lot more like digital work cause I had like a, a tablet and I still have a tablet, but I don't use it as often as I used to. <laughs> but for like digital pieces, I'll do like, kind of like, um, like if someone's trying to like cultivate like a little like I guess like a, a self-starting like identity package or whatever, like for like social media or for like a YouTube channel or stuff like that. That's what I've been doing over the summer or last summer rather. That's awesome. You're really covering bases in different, um, different realms, different mediums. It's very cool. Thank you. You did mention um, how you've had some of your work up at Aim After Dark. Aim After Dark is kind of like the showcasing for after the first semester of, of the fine arts program or just the arts program in general. Um, I believe it takes place during like, like fall or like around like Halloween, I believe. Like, cause I feel like that's where the names derive from. I might be wrong, but it also takes place at night too. <laughs> and it's a huge showcase of all the different departments in the, the school from what I understand. Yeah. And it's, it is a really cool event. I know that obviously everything's been different since the pandemic, but after pandemic, like, it's just cool as a student or as an incoming student to be able to see um, all these different people's work. You can usually, they usually have food, music. Um, sometimes I know sometimes they've connected uh, artists market where student artists are selling their work. So um, it's cool to kind of see that I believe one of the pieces, this might've been a year or two ago, um, mm -hmm. that you had up during that time was a piece called What They See When They See Us. Um, and for the viewers, um, once again, we'll have this on Instagram for you to look at, but you made this with chalk pastels, mixed media collage and ink on a paper roll. Um, mm -hmm. And th this is a really awesome piece. Um, why don't you talk about this? So essentially this piece was part of a series where I, I have part of the series like finished and then other parts that I still wanted to go over again. Um, but essentially I had made this piece and it's entitled, like you said, what they see when they see us derived from um, kind of talking about like the exonerated um, Central Park Five um, and kind of like their experiences. I know that's that year, I think the summer prior to us going back to school. And it's it's sad because it was the first time that I was ever actually hearing about this. Um, but essentially there was a series on Netflix that talked about the Exonerated Five's experience. Um, five young boys who later on became grown men, but essentially were um, sent to jail for a crime that they never committed. And it, they were mainly sent to jail for that crime because they were at the time in the vicinity of where that that um, crime took place. A young woman was raped in this park. And essentially, because they were young Black kids, they were framed for this, um, this tragedy. 
But not only that, as the oh, I don't want to I don't want to talk too much about it in case people actually want to watch the series on yeah. Netflix and learn more about it. But what I remember after watching the series, I well, first of all, I couldn't even really get through it because it was just making me cry so much. It was really sad just to like learn about this. And I, and I like I said, this is something that's been like it's it's a well-known case and it talks a lot about um, how a lot of people, how a lot of black men in particular are like wrongfully committed for crimes that they never did. And in this particular case, it was just extremely sad for me to find this out, like at my age now, when this is something that, like I said, it was a very well-known case. Um, so I essentially, I was, like I said, I was moved by it. And I remember doing this particular portrait um, and kind of talking about the phenomenon. I had drawn one of the members of the Exonerated Five and um, kind of talking about the phenomenon of how, like, for these five men, like, when they navigated through society after that, like, they, people, society, or people see these, like, men, and they don't see them, like, for people, they see them because of that particular, like, event. So, in this portrait, I have, um, his eyes essentially covered up with the newspaper clippings, of from that time period and and basically a lot of the um a lot of the clippings are addressing um just how the the media one was talking about these kids at the time like they were kids i believe eight the range rage had to be like around 10 to 13 but essentially like talking about how the media was kind of just slandering them or I'm, I'm saying 10 to 13 i believe there's like a, a variety of different ages, but I know one of them was extremely young when it happened. Um, but essentially like how the media was talking about them one, how people saw them. And also I believe even the, the reason why this series was so popular was because this is 2019 at the time, um, Trump was still in office. And he, in fact, when this happened had made a huge he had bought out publication to talk about this, saying that these boys should essentially be put like to death for doing this. And I, I can't remember if I put, I probably did put the clipping of him talking about that, like on the eyes, but that's kind of what I want to talk about where like these five men essentially went through life afterwards, serving time in jail um, for a crime they didn't commit. And that's all you really see now when you see these five individuals, like you don't see them as people anymore. They didn't really even have much of a childhood or in adulthood for most part, because a lot of them spent their years in jail still. And it's just like, that's all you see now when you see those individuals, like something that they didn't even do, but that's just attached to them now. And I think that was kind of like the reality that I wanted to talk about and just bring attention to the fact that like, um, that's a phenomenon for people, for, for black men who get wrongfully committed of crimes and go into jail living their life for something that they didn't do now these people are connected and they can never be removed from a violence mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with who they are. And it's not, it's not allowing us to ask questions of what, who really was this person? What were their likes and dislikes? Like it's, it's dehumanizing someone. Just so many innocent people, this is now kind of getting into this vein of the Black Lives Matter movement and how often this happens. Um, like you're saying, it happens all the time. This summer, we saw so many instances of innocent people being 
killed, being brutalized, and so much, at least, it does make me feel good to know that a lot of the people that I surround myself with, or a lot of our peers, um, were asking questions, why is it like this? And what can we do to help? Mm -hmm. Because um, I think for a long time, definitely not enough people were asking questions about it and, and trying to fight and speak up. Never, 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 ever want to stop talking about these types of things, especially with art. Um, and I know a lot of people get like pretty antsy about seeing them on social media and, you know, having like their daily lives interrupted by it. By it. But to me, I, I never thought that that was new in a sense. I've always thought that that's kind of like a part of your life is to keep that in mind. And it might not be a blissful part, but it's, you know, it's a very bittersweet reminder um, about how us, especially that, you know, we're still young, we still have the opportunities to make changes in our day-to-day lives, you know? Definitely. That kind of makes me think, um, I did say how I'm, I'm glad people are speaking up, but now there's kind of this issue of um, this performative aspect of activism mm-hmm. uh, that maybe always was there. It just has transformed and is different now that we are so prevalent um, of a social media culture. Mm-hmm. Like, how have you kind of felt about, I, I know we don't want to get too political here or... Um, I don't want (laughs) to kind of put you in a a weird position, but like, I don't know. What what are your thoughts on this kind of situation? Not a weird position at all. I'm actually really glad that you addressed that. Um, I feel like that's something that I've been sort of seeing, especially from the time of last semester where things were starting to get a lot more recognized, unfortunately, um, because of, or more so derived from the unfortunate death of, of George Floyd. I think it's, it's, I have, it's weird. I do think that there's 100% a performative aspect that kind of like comes up depending on how people go about this sort of activism. You had made the point in regard to um, how now everything is a lot more centralized on social media, especially because in move the pandemic, um, I know a lot of people, despite, I know last semester, or not last semester, last summer, there are a lot of people being moved to protest. I know I had taken place or taken part in some protests. I feel like also because of the pandemic, people are trying to utilize means of, of social media in order to, I want to say, bring more attention to these, these um, issues and then also circulate resources and places or collectives that you could donate to further help. Um, but at the same time, I think that there is a line where it does get performative. I, I've personally, like, these are, th- this particular issue in regards to police brutality has been something that's been prevalent for years. Um, I and, and it's the sad thing is last summer, as a Black woman, it starts to almost get, and it's going to sound weird to say this, but it starts to almost get sort of like, I want to say normalized to the part where it's like very depressing. Um, I can remember being in like high school when Trayvon Martin was first announced dead and, and just in regards to his whole, um, his whole story and his, that whole situation. And there wasn't justice being brought to that. And then years later, and that was like 2000, I want to say that that was 2013. I might've even been in eighth grade or something. I can't even remember, but I remember even once again in high school, 
in regards to Mike Brown and just a bunch of different situations from then on till now where um, it just becomes almost redundant. And I feel like when there's this performative aspect being brought into it where people now, granted, not everyone is brought up in a place where there, where there's focus applied to this. Yeah, not everybody's brought up in places where there's focus applied to this. But at the same time, I feel like there's a way to go about talking about these things in a sense where it doesn't become like almost self-gratifying for the people who post like graphics or people who are vocal in this particular aspect, but then aren't in other aspects when it comes to talking about these issues. So I think there is a performative aspect. I, I recently even watched a video about it where a lot of these graphics now that get circulated, a lot of people are kind of just like looking at how like pretty they are, <laughs> but not actually reading into what's being talked about in regard to not only police brutality within America, but what's going on in other countries, what's going on in Africa, what's going on in regard to recently with um, Asian hate happening within America, just a lot of different graphics that get circulated. And I feel like there's a performative aspect that gets brought up into it um, just because of how these things are being circulated. I think it's a good thing to always be aware of what's going on, but it's another thing to also start to do further research to think introspectively and to also like kind of like consider what's happening outside of your scope no matter like what um ethnicity what sort of background you have like I know even in regard to myself I was and still am very vocal in regard to things happening and pertaining to police brutality but even in things that aren't pertaining to or happening within my own community I know that now I try to be more aware and do more research in order to be an ally to those who who I who I don't share the same community with, like so that I'm essentially standing in solidarity without like sort of like encroaching or or having the sort of performative aspects of what I'm I'm doing in order to support them. I, I get how you're kind of in this in-between state because I, I feel like this a lot too. And I don't want someone to think that I am against um the word getting out or something because it's it's really important to know um especially i'm sure i i am a white person but as as someone of color to see that your friends care about this issue is important you know mm-hmm. like it is important to see that they support you and you know that that you're kind of like safe with them Jalen, is there anything else you want to talk about any other particular works, anything you got coming up, uh, anything about the senior show? Not so much anything else in regard to my own work. Like I said earlier, um, for everyone who's listening, just to stay tuned in regard to um, our TCNJ Senior BFA um, exhibition in Flux. Um, it's going to be showing at the AIM building, and we're having a virtual opening to talk more so in depth in regards to all of our work um, on May 12th. Uh, I want to plug definitely Instagram for um, our graduating year. I believe it's TCNJ BFA at 21. Please give our account a follow. And then also um, my art Instagram is at MadeAHJ. Looking in with Lucia Luke is a podcast brought to you by the College of New Jersey's Arts Digital Team. 
Next week's episode will address the history of surrealism, Claude Cahoon, and Afrofuturism with special guest coordinator of fine arts, photography, and video, Professor Anita Allen. So thank you for tuning in.